Oh, good and gracious Father, while it's cold outdoors, it's warm where we are at. We give thanks for your loving kindness, the grace you provide for us. While we have failed in any way today to deal kindly with others, forgive us. If we have been short, arrogant, proud, forgive us. Help us, O Lord, to be like your servant Daniel always pointing and speaking in love about the true King, the eternal King, Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so this evening, Father, we pray that in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will open our eyes and minds to see and to hear the precious life-giving truth so that we might gain insight that we have never seen before. Give me the strength to continue to do what I need to do. Forgive me for my many sins, O God, and grant me wisdom from on high that I might serve you to the best of my ability as I teach your saint the precious life-giving truth. To that end, hear us for the sake of Christ our Lord, the Word eternal. Amen. I'm going to mute my um, phone so it does not ring by any chance because that can easily happen. Okay, we are on page 4 of chapter 4 with question 14. According to Daniel, what will happen to the human mind the tree possesses? If you remember from last week, we talked about the tree will be cut down, there'll be a stump left... Secondly, that the leaves will be scattered, the birds will fly, the animals will depart. So, and we discussed that last week with the uh, readings that we have in the scripture uh, from, you know, uh, 4, starting with verse 4 through the 18. And so, how does... um, Daniel, help us with this. What will happen to the human mind the tree possesses? It will be changed from that of a man and let him be given the mind of an animal. Very good. Yeah. No longer, no longer will... Uh, the person who is so arrogant and so proud in his wisdom and the glory that he has, he will have literally the mind of an animal. And uh, before we skip over this, animals have instincts. They cannot reason if I go to the right, there might be danger or anything else. So they're going to act on instinct. It's not like If I go out in the dark, something is going to get me or anything like that. But, you know, if a cat sees a dog, her instinct is, wham, I'm out of here, right? This is kind of the point of this. This man does not have the capacity to decipher things. Literally, he will live like a wild animal. And so this is, um, um, there is a term they used for this. Uh, It's a mental illness. And I'm going to spell it B-O-A-N-T-H-R-O-P-Y. Bonthropy. B-O-A-N. 
T-H-R-O-P-Y. A human behavior behaving like a cow. Okay? So I have never witnessed anything like this, so I can't say, but um, the, the pastor who wrote the commentary on this had shared of course, they do all the research uh, for those things to include in their commentary. And, um, you know, we have many people in our society today who have mental illness, many. And what people don't realize is that they're not uh, attuned to the word of the living God. I'm not saying just because you're a Christian, you're not going to experience that. Okay, Don't hear me say that. But a lot of the ailments and the issues that we have is because we open ourselves to the devil's power. And the devil has power. And if you don't have the word of God to help you fight against the enemy, he will devour you and spit you out. And we don't think about that. And as you see now, more and more people are troubled by all kind of mental, psychotic, everything that's going on. Okay. It isn't that it wasn't during the time of Jesus. It was. You know, for example, we do know uh, there were demon-possessed, right? Well, what is demon-possessed? I was just going to ask, do we still have that? Oh, yes. The Exorcist. You've heard the movie, The Exorcist? That's based on demon possession. When you allow yourself to be open to the devil, people who play Ouija, for example, or people who do witchcraft, all they are doing is allowing the devil to take over their mind. So it is real. This is why the apostle Paul in Ephesians 6 tells us we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against the powers of darkness in this world. So when he says to put on the full armor of God, and maybe we should do this as we talk about this, because this is truly, truly a phenomenon that's going on in our nation, and we see the devastation. Children, parents, you know, no participation in the Word of God. Church attendance is declining. The number, quote-unquote, Christians in the United States are declining. Churches are becoming less empty. More churches are closing, okay? We have churches who teach, but not based on the Word of God, but based on social justice or social gospel, but not the gospel. They talk about the gospel, but they don't give the gospel. So that's a big difference. With that in mind, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6, which I think is very, very helpful for us to realize because it's so important to uh, let the Word of God really be with you in a very, very good way. Ephesians 6. And let me just say this. Today we had the Council of Presidents meeting, and we did it all virtual, of course. And we had a speaker who came and spoke to us today. And he spoke about, you know, programs and all of the activities and how to look to the future and what, what prediction we might have. And when it was for Q&A, I said, Doctor, 
I appreciate your presentation. It was very enlightening. But theology was lacking. Very lacking. I said, it would have been better if you took us to the ocean of God's word or the gold mine of God's word. Let us swim in the word so that we may know what it is and live by that word and reflect on that word. That will make a better um, change in our lives. I, I said, it isn't that we don't plan what we are going to do. For example, as of right now, I got almost everything ready for Lent. I got everything that I needed. It's all built. I got it painted. I got it decorated. The themes are all done. I gave you almost all of them except uh, March. But for all of Lent, I got it pretty much done. But what happened if that is not going to come to fruition? There's plan B. Okay. We plan as everything depended on me, but we rely as everything depends on God. And unless you are grounded in that word, you're not going to be able to fight the enemy. Okay? You know, right now it's very cold, right? We don't walk out in shorts, halter tops, or a bikini, right? Annabelle, in the Annabelle, house. Annabelle and Amelia yeah. had swimsuits on yesterday. <laughs> what? Yes. In a hot tub and throwing herself in okay. the snow. Okay, no, that, okay, that's temporary. I'm not talking about going outside. Yeah. I've done it too because uh, we've gone swimming and the guy says, oh, let's do it. I said, oh my gosh, it's almost like somebody put nails in your back. That's another point. But here's my point. Here's my point. Um... Verses 10 and following, and I, I really want you to look at this. I'll read it quickly. Finally, be strong, and notice the emphasis. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. And as... Um, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Okay? And notice the emphasis in the Lord, in his strength, and what is the sword? Gospel. The word of God. Yeah, I have on one of my stalls, one of my stalls that I wear, 
I do have the sword on one of the sides of my stall. Because that's how you're going to fight the devil. If you look at Matthew 4, the temptations of Jesus, and let me just say right off the bat, we don't know if there was only three. Three recorded for us, but he was there for 40 days, okay? Every time the temple came, how did Jesus fight the enemy? It is written. Don't do psychology. Don't do philosophy. Don't do any of those things. This is the word of God. Unless the word of God is used, and we have other issues where in the book of Acts, you know, Paul um, cast out demons and the sons of Sceva, they want to try to do it and says, well, I don't know who you The demon says to, uh, to the sons of Sceva, I don't know who you are. I know Paul. I know Apollos, but I don't know you. And he chooses them up and spit them out. If you are not armed with the word of God, you cannot fight against the devil. It's simple as that. This is why it's so important for us to ask for repentance, for forgiveness daily. And let the word of God dwell in me richly. Only then can we swim in the ocean of God's grace, kindness, and compassion. Well, satanic ritual abuse is rampant. Oh, it's increasing. In this con- I don't yeah. even know what that is. Huh? What? Don't, you don't need to know. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> well, there, there are, there are um, you're, you're, Mike Warnocky, um, he used to be a high priest Satanist. Mike Warnocky. I can't think of the name of the book. Um, something with God's Closet, I think. Um, I'll, I'll look it up, but um, I remember reading that book, and I couldn't go to sleep that night. Literally, Mike would go by. He became a Christian after 30 years of a nun praying for him. Literally, he would go by a church and say, Devil, burn this building down, and it will start fire. You talk about evil. They drank animals' blood, people's blood. They did everything that the Christian do except for the devil worship. I'll, I'll look that up. I will, uh, I'll it, send you some of that information. Uh, go ahead, Catherine. It, it's so, that's why we need to be in fervent prayer for our country, our, gov- our, our government, our, our politicians, not our government, our politicians, our celebrities. Well, I'm telling you. you now, here's, here's my concern. I'm with you on all of this. I blame the churches who are not speaking up the truth in love. For example, for example, how many churches have permitted now homosexuality to continue as proper? How many uh, ministers, quote-unquote ministers, are actually practicing homosexuality? How many churches provide for their um, workers abortion insurance money, okay? I mean, if the churches are not holding to the principle of God's word, what do you expect the nation will do? We are no longer, Jesus said in Matthew, you are the light of the world, you are the salt of the world. If the church is not the light, if the church is not the salt, then what is it? This is the concern I have with the churches. 
We're concerned with numbers. We're concerned with money. Got to get people through the door. Right. But we need, but you got to feed them. And then I blame parents because they don't take it very seriously. How many parents you know, they bring a boyfriend or a girlfriend into their home and they say, oh, you can sleep together in the same bed. We made very sure, uh, clear, if anybody came as a guest, they were not even close to our kids. They were on a different floor. That happened one time. One time did my, my brother's, well, and now wife, but um, she has she has sleep downstairs. He was upstairs. And the only reason that happened, the only reason my grandparents allowed it was because there was a blizzard. That is it. And she slept downstairs. My grandpa slept on the, in the chair. So he, doesn't, <laughs> so he doesn't go down there. But that's my point. How yeah, many parents... Here's, here's my concern. You know, they how, many, yeah, how many parents don't think it is wrong? Mm-hmm. See, and then, of course, the church does not, you know. I speak in love to people who have, and people get mad at me. Mm-hmm. I visit with somebody that's living with somebody. I says, I'm sorry, I can't commune you. What do you mean you can't commune me? I just can't commune you. I'm sorry. You got to speak in love about what God's word is. Anyway, so when we allow ourselves to be arrogant and proud and conceited, we elevate ourselves better than God, then we think we can do everything, but God humbles us, and this is what you see right here. All right, Uh, question 15, and, and this is in the reading, what is meant by the time of seven times? That's completion. Normally it is. Seven time is, uh, well, the number seven is um, completion, perfection, okay? But how is it used right here? The years? Um, we, really, we really don't know the Hebrew isn't, it could be Aramaic too, I, I have to look back could now. Could it be until he's old? he's an old man? No. It's not referring to really our, our, our definition of time then? It's indeterminate. Huh? It's on the 15th. Let, it, let its the heart 16th. be changed from that of a human and let a heart of the beast be given to it and let seven times pass over it. Indeterminate uh, period of time. It could be seven years. It could be seven seasons. It could be seven months. It could be seven periods. It's an unknown divine time. That's the best way that I can say it. It's an unknown divine time. It could be all of these, um, you know. And the reason for that is that God wanted, remember, God does not desire anybody to be put to death. He does not. And so God gives people time to repent, okay, First uh, Timothy chapter 2. He, he, God desires all people to be saved, okay? So he gives us the time to allow us to reflect and ponder. But God also has patience, okay? When the time is out, you've had all the breaks, but you're not willing to change your life. Think of Pharaoh, for example. He received his due reward. 
And so this indeterminate amount of time is best to be understood as divine time. What we, God decides. Then. What God decides is a good way to put it. Because my note says, alternatively, times can refer to indefinite periods. That's very so true. It's it's up well, to what but, God determines. Then very good. But here is the other thing we gotta talk talk about. In First Peter, we are told that thousand years with the Lord is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. Well, how does that work? I'm not God. But it is good to understand it as a specific period of divine time. Seven months, seven weeks, seven periods, seven years. I don't know. And I don't think anybody can actually say for certain that's what it is. Rose or Kim, do you have any questions? I no, want to give you the opportunity in case. Okay. In 16... The dream is fairly straightforward. Why could the wise men not interpret it? Think through it. While you're doing this, I'm going to go get me... I thought I bought the The spirit of the holy God is not in them. He says holy gods. Okay. You can because the spirit of the holy God. So that's about Daniel though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm, I'm asking that... about the other wise men. Why could they not interpret the dream? Think about it. I got to go get me a drink of water. Just a second here. Sorry. I thought I brought a bottle with me. All right, so what's your thoughts? Because she wants to know why they just didn't make something up to fool the king. I always I, think about that. I'm like, if I were in their position, I would have been like, I do I know, and this is what it means, and I just make something up. Well, you may, but if you've seen somebody had his head cut off yeah. or le legs chopped That's up. exactly what I'm saying, though. I would think my head would get cut off if I didn't say something. Yeah, yeah. Could, could be, could be. It doesn't say, though. Does it say what he did to the wise men because they couldn't do it? No, because he went from there, he went to Daniel immediately. But yeah, okay. what happened if you're not walking with God and in his light? You don't know. That's right. You're in the dark. Literally, you're in the dark. And this is kind of what... Um, uh, scripture testifies to um, those people who call darkness light and light darkness, those who call evil good and good evil. When you don't know what is good and salutary, you're living in the dark. 
you are living in the dark. So uh, what is going on in this portion? Why didn't they do it? Because God blinded them. They are not walking with him. And so God blinded them except for Daniel. Why? Daniel was constantly in communion with his God, right? He was always praying to his heavenly father. Even at the risk of being put to death. Okay? You know, I saw this in real life because I knew a guy who read the entire Bible. And he was the nicest guy, but he was not a believer. And so I went to the book of John and I said, I read, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And I asked him what it meant, and he said, I don't know. And that was, that's when I, wow, he had no idea what that meant. Because he wasn't a believer. Mm-hmm. He had read the Bible. Sometimes I feel like that when I read those too. <laughs> like, well, well, that's why you come to Bible study. Because, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of times you feel like that. You're like, what does that well, mean? But when you're not a true believer... That, how can the Holy Spirit enlighten you? Yeah. yeah. If and you're not, I always pray to have the Holy Spirit yeah. work. In what did I pray for that when yeah. I begin every Bible study, whether it's here or Sunday, or even when I go to mm-hmm. preach, I say, Lord, I pray that this message will fall into the hearts of the people. You know, that's my point. Um, I think some people just read the Bible to see a what kind of book it is. Mm -hmm. So they're just searching for specific stuff, but they're not reading it as the inspired word of God that will change lives. And they're doing it just so they can say they did it. Yeah. yeah. But there are people who... who become believers oh, yeah. as oh, a result. Oh, of course. So it depends on the condition of their Well, the word heart, of the right? Lord is efficacious. Yeah. That means it will accomplish the purpose, Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. It will accomplish the purpose for which it is sent, okay? It is efficacious. The word of God will always accomplish, okay? If you shun the word of God away then God is going to shun himself away from you. Because how does he come to us today? Two ways. Not through dreams, through the word, and through the sacrament. That's the only way he does. He comes to us. There's no other ways he comes to us except through the word and the sacrament. And that's how we communicate with us. Now, if you go to Hebrews chapter 1, for example... He says, at one time, God spoke to people through dreams and visions and prophets. But now he comes to us through his son. Hebrews chapter uh, 1. Okay. And so he communicates even now. Right? Okay. So, at one time, he spoke through prophets. We had the prophets, but once Jesus came, he was the fulfillment of the law and the prophecy. Because you remember, Jesus has three different offices, prophet, priest, and king. As a prophet, one who predicted the future. As a priest, as one who offers sacrifices. John 1.29, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He was the perfect Lamb. And as a king, he rules over the whole universe, but specifically over the church. 
So he had three offices which were part of the Old Testament, right? You had the prophets, you had the priests, and you had the kings. And Jesus occupies all of those three in one. So, um, let me just read a note here. True spiritual knowledge and enlightenment comes only by the grace of the one true and triune God and faith in him. This same enlightening light and knowledge has shone into our hearts to give the enlightenment of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You can look up 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. And when you get there, read that for me. 2 Corinthians. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Very good. So what does the word of God do? Shines through us. Go ahead. I didn't hear what you said. Shines through the dark. You betcha. He has shone in our heart, right? To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So if you want to see the light, you look to Jesus. And if you want to reflect the light, you stay with Jesus because he is the one that helps you communicate the gospel. This is one of the things I shared today in the meeting. I says, you know, if we're not swimming in the ocean of the word, we are poor because we can't help. I can't help you if I don't know the word. Like this morning, I spent probably an hour and 40 minutes just reading scriptures. Why do I need to do that? This is not to show off. Please forgive me. It sounds arrogant. No. I need you to fill. Who others need you to, you well, I others. need to be fed, though. That's food for my soul. If I don't feed my soul, I'm always pumping out, pumping out, pumping out. I'm going to run dry. How do I get the ideas of the scripture? I'm studying the scripture. The scripture teaches scripture. So this is very important. Uh, one other place I want you to look at, go to John chapter 1, the gospel of John. John chapter 1, and specifically verse 5. John chapter 1, verse 5. Now this is after what uh, Catherine just uh, talked about, who is the word that was with God. It's Jesus. And then in John chapter 1, verse 5, John says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness of this world will never overcome the light of Christ. If I were to shut all the lights off in this building right now and take a match, if I shut all the lights off and I'll take a match at this moment, that match will overcome the darkness. One match, the light will always overcome the darkness. 
The darkness can never overcome the light because the light is Jesus Christ. That's why he says in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness. So it's, it's a profound statement from our blessed Lord. He is the light. If we follow him, we will know the way to the light. And of course, Psalm 119, 105. You should know that because I've heard you say that before. You don't remember? No. <laughs> Sorry. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is... Oh, my gosh, Michelle, I heard that before. Yeah, so your word is a lamp unto my feet. But, okay, so you memorize the song, but you don't know where it is from the scripture. It is a very important verse because it does say, what does this word has to do? Your word is a light unto my feet, right? And a lamp unto my path. Now, I want you to realize uh, during the olden days, I remember even as a young boy, uh, we didn't have uh, the stick and the cloth or stuff. They would have done it during David's time. Like if he was going to go out at night right now, he would have a stick with cloth and olive oil on it, and he would walk with it. And so he would literally walk. So that light is showing, okay? a lamp for my feet, right? When I grew up, we didn't have lights. We had, uh, um, let's see what they are called. It's like a kerosene lantern, just a little tiny one. So we just took it from one room to the next so that I could see where I was going. Oh, it had a big wick that hung in oil? Yeah. 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 So we used those. So it helps us to understand no matter how evil the world is, it can never overcome the gospel or the word of the living God. Okay, so it is very helpful for us. Now we're going to look at uh, Daniel 4, 19 through 27. But before I do that, are there any questions before I read this portion of the scripture? Any questions or comments? All right. Daniel explains Nebuchadnezzar's dream of the tree. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was appalled for a moment, and his thoughts alarmed him. The king said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream and its meaning meaning alarm you. Belteshazzar answered, my lord, if only the dream were about your enemies and its meaning about your foes, The tree that you saw, which grew and became strong, and its height reached to heaven, and it was visible to the entire earth, and its leaves were beautiful, and its fruit abundant, and food for all was in it. Under it, the beast of the field dwelt, and in its branches, the birds of the sky dwelt. You are it, your majesty. Okay, we'll come back to 2 Samuel a little bit later. For you have grown and you have become great, and your greatness has grown and reached to heaven, and your dominion to the end of the earth. And because you saw you, majesty, a watcher and a holy one coming down from heaven, and he said, chop down the tree and destroy it. However, the stump of its roots in the earth leave with a band of iron and brass. With the grass of the field and with the dew from the sky, let it be wet. And with the beast of the field, 
will be its portion until seven times pass over it. This is the meaning, your majesty. It is a decree of the most high that has come upon my Lord, your majesty. So you will be driven away from humans and your dwelling with, it should be, will be, sorry, hold on, will be with the beasts of the field and you will be fed plants like bulls are fed and you will be wet with the dew from the sky and seven times will pass over you until you know that the Most High rules the human kingdom and he gives it to whomever he wishes. And because they said to leave the stump of the root of the tree, your kingdom will remain yours when you know that heaven rules. Therefore, your majesty, let my, let my advice be pleasing to you. Break away from your sins with righteousness and from your iniquity by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps your prosperity will be prolonged. Uh, without going into any of the questions, I want to take a few moments here. I want you to tell me, how do you think um, Daniel is dealing with this request and what is he begging the king to do? And we'll, we'll address it more thoroughly, but... To turn, turn from his sins. Okay, that's what he is praying for. What, what are the emotions that entails with him? Let's see. Well, he's perplexed. Perplexed. You're, what what emotion? Is, what are you asking again? Right. What are the emotion of Daniel? What's to, um, it's kind of like what's troubling him? He's also sad for the king. It almost sounds yeah. like he kind of likes the king. He likes the king, but he's reluctant to let him know the damages that are coming. He is scared. He's emotionally distraught. What will happen if I tell this arrogant guy, this is the judgment that's coming upon you? Okay? Because he says, my Lord, if only the dream were about your enemy. That's right. If it was only about the enemy that you're going to destroy them, I would have told you that in a heartbeat. But I'm talking about you, young man. And notice I put in parenthesis, these are my own notes, compare 2 Samuel 12, 1 through 7. And I, I do want you to go into um, huh? 2 Samuel uh, 12. 2 Samuel 12. All right. I'll give you a chance to get there. Second Samuel twelve. Are you there, Michelle? Okay, she's smiling already. 
Um, I did not realize this, but I just heard a Bible study on this one about how Nathan could have had his head chopped off. That's precisely why I'm taking you over here. I so, didn't realize that before. I was like, okay. Wow. Well, let me just uh, to put this chapter in context. Chapter 11 is the encounter of the peeping David, peeping Tom David. He's looking at a naked woman on the top of the balcony. Okay. Now, was Bathsheba wrong doing what she's doing? More than likely she was. She was in the parade. She's doing everything out in the open. Somebody above her. But who's the guilty one? David. Because she could not refuse not coming in. I suppose she could have refused by saying, I'm not going to do it. But when the king orders you to come, you come. But, so it's the affair of uh, David with Bathsheba. This is 12. And the Lord sent Nathan, just so that you know, Nathan means God gives. Nathan El, Nathaniel, God gave. So keep that in mind. And the Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, There were two men in a certain city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing but one little ewe lamb, which he had bought, and he brought it up. And it grew up with him and with his children. It used to eat of his morsel and drink from his cup and lie in his arms. And it was like a daughter to him. Now there came a traveler to the rich man, and he was unwilling to take one of his own flock or herd to prepare for the, for the guest who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and prepared it for the man who had come to him. Then David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who has done this deserves to die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Now, this is David's judgment. He's angry that this man had done this. And how God gave the wisdom to Nathan, to use this story to trap David is profound, literally profound. And notice what Nathan said. Nathan said to David, you, the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel. Okay? You're the man, David. You the man. I don't know if I preached that sermon here. It was titled, You Demand. I don't know if I preached it here or not. Okay. Anyway, but I have preached it. You demand. Uh, you know, it's easier for me to stand here or for you to stand there or sit there and to say, I'm better than you. But we are as guilty as sin. You know? Ash Wednesday's sermon begins... Uh, my heart is a cesspool. That's the opening line of my sermon. My heart is a cesspool. David is in the same way. What I love about the scripture, and I think it's very helpful for us to know this, scripture does not sugarcoat anything. You think of anything that's inside there, we are told everything. Abraham, the father of the believers, right? He tried to peddle his wife twice. I mean, they could have raped her. They could have mauled her. They could have destroyed her because he was afraid 
He gave her away. Only by the grace of God, she was protected. Okay? You think of many, the people who have fallen. Many have fallen. Even, there's not even David. All of them have done stuff that is so important. So when we talk about you, the man, you can see why Daniel is really terrified, just like Nathan. I mean, can you envision to go into the king and say, you're guilty? Look, if what might happen right now if somebody go to uh, the president, Biden, and say, you are totally off base. You are wrong in what you are making. You are to be judged guilty. What could happen to him? Be dead. He'll be dead. The same things with these people here. They're already killing people. Well, but that's... But my point is this, in this portion here, in verse 7 of Nathan and in Daniel's comment, we do know that these words take strong effect on the one who is guilty. And nobody wants to hear, you're guilty. No one. Ask a kid who did, um, who beat somebody else. Oh, he did. Sunday school, they were doing something where there was like a, um, there's a little sheep. Speak louder so they can hear there's you. There's a little sheep toy, like a little figurine. And then Miss um, Jones would tap one kid and then they would go and they'd, they'd put, they all had their little hands behind their back. And then the person in the middle, the shepherd had to like figure out who had the sheep. And sweet little Silas every time there was time to like figure out who had it he'd like point to whoever had it (laughs) (laughs) all right I think we will stop right here we're just about ready to start with the next discussion but I want to do the next discussion all at one time if you don't mind and that we will stop right here. Uh, questions or comments or thoughts? I don't charge extra, just remember that. When he was saying your majesty all the time, was he, was he really, did he like the king? Or was he just saying it because he was kind of... Well, you, you, you addressed the king. My lord the king, they would say. So your majesty, so it's, just, it's just an honorable so title. Verse 23, is that your majesty? Yeah. Oh, okay, it should be your. Then. Uh, because you saw your majesty, is that he's addressing the king that way? Correct. Oh. Yep. 22, right? You are it. Okay, you are it. You are it, your majesty. Okay, and then yeah. 23, you. Correct. Because you saw your majesty. Right, your majesty. So he still addresses him as a king. Well, he is the king. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if you ever watched any of the movies on the English uh, kingdoms, you know, they never address the king. My lord, the king. And they always bow down. You know, we talked about Esther, for example, too, the same way. So, anyway, ladies, do you have any questions or comments? give you an opportunity. Oh, I'm good. All right. Kimberly? 
Okay. Well, let's close with the word of prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, thanks and praise be to you. Keep us mindful by the power of the Holy Spirit that we are the man, we are the woman who sin against you daily. We may not be as brazen as the king, David, or Nebuchadnezzar, but we are just as guilty. That's why it was necessary for you to come and redeem us. And we thank you for being the eternal lamb who laid down his life for the sins of the world. Help us to humbly walk with you and be guided by your light, O God. We also pray that you would accompany your servant, uh, Michelle and Joshua, as they're flying out Saturday to see her parents. May you grant them safety in travel and let them be a blessing of God and have a wonderful time in the sunshine with their family. Be with us as we go our separate ways. Guide us, direct us, and lead us by your Holy Spirit. To that end, hear us for Christ's sake, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everyone. God be with you. We will see you later.